Oh, fuck it. Welcome back to Rated Radio with your hosts, Rayburn Alexander and Shane Wyndham. Rayburn, what Billboard hit did we cover this week? We covered ABCDEFU, Shane. That's not the name of the song. ABCDEFU by Gail. What did you think? Um, well, talk about a woman scorned. Uh, this is young pop of today while still keeping it angsty towards the a past lover. Not kid-friendly at all, uh, but non-virgin ears should appreciate five are you, stars. Are you going for like Meryl Streep at the Grammys right now? <laughs> what do very, you mean? Very animated, very... I'm giving you a show. Oh, okay. I'm trying to entertain you. I see. And our listeners. Four stars, Shane. True story. I had to cut this from our uh, Cabin Trip playlist because obviously the, the content of the song. Yeah. yeah um, we we are at a cabin still. right now. Still. I mean, we have not left. I'm pretty sure we we're squatting at this point. Recorded back to back. She's still been drinking. <laughs> I have. <laughs> but we have children running around. I'm sure your children are upstairs yeah. running around right now. Uh, yeah. Get you a cabin, guys. This song is instantly a breakup classic. It's modern stadium pop isn't anything unique, but it's enjoyable. The lyrical delivery is infectious and easily singable. The lyrics themselves, in spite of their evident bile, never fail putting a smile on my face. This song's a five-star experience that deserves being on whatever sort of mean girls playlist is hiding in the closet of your Spotify account. You probably know this from plenty of TikToks or Reels, but it deserves better notoriety. If I am Meryl Streep, you are Sally Field, my dear friend. I will take that. <laughs> Roll the intro, damn it. Yep, 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 yep. Nom, 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 nom. I'm going to let you... Yep, I yep. mean, you got to read the albums because Boondocks fucked my shit up. So okay. So you got to lead. So first up, we're going to talk about Boondocks. And the first album that we covered by Boondocks was The Harvest from 2006. This was my middle album. This was my bottom album. Out of the 13 tracks, I gave five fives. I gave one five. My top track was Sippin' On Down. My top track was Lady in a Jaguar. I actually gave that one a five. ICP, dude. They bring some. They bring something to the table. Bottom track was intro. My bottom track was angel like the vocals. I don't know if you agree. Painful. This dude is not a singer. Okay. Rapper, not singer. I can appreciate the rap, but the minute that he starts to sing, I want to just awkward moonwalk out of that situation. Gotcha. That may be a little hurtful. Oh. Uh, yeah. So this album's horrorcore with Country Twang. Also on ICP's label, Boondocks gives off vibes like, what if Twisted was just one hillbilly doing his thing, you know? <laughs> the album felt like a unique classic when it released, but hasn't aged well for me. There are now plenty who've done this better, including Boondocks himself. A lot of the music even feels bland now, but that's not to say there aren't gems here. Even my dad, who hates rap, liked some of these songs. Back in the day, not right now. I don't talk to my I dad. I was going to make a comment. I was like, is that why you're not speaking now? <laughs> because he hates <laughs> uh, Just like Shane said, this is goofy horror beats. Uh, he loves his Southern roots. Um, ICP inspirations throughout. I even said, same label? 
I should have figured that out because I saw the clown, the ICP clown uh, emblem on his album on Harvest. So yes. I should have figured that out. The answer is yes. And yeah. lots of talk about Juggalo and... The, like they got this whole, they got this whole co- culture. I mean, you got Twisted, you got ICP, you got Boondocks. I didn't even know it was a thing. Now I know. So We could dig deeper if you really want to. Maybe I'm, someday. I'm sure we will one day. The second album we covered was Crimson Creek from 2008. This was my top album. This was also my top album. Out of the 15 tracks, I gave 11 fives. I gave one five. My top track was Path I Walk. My top track was Love and Hate. Surprising. I love surprising you. Okay. Bottom track again was intro for me. Same. Darker, atmospheric, and much more narrative driven. Where the first album shares quality commonalities with the film Pumpkinhead, this one's much more in line with something like Friday the 13th or Texas Chainsaw Massacre. It has pacing issues, falls flat in spots, and is probably too dark for most people, but it holds together better than you might imagine. Unskippable for those who love the genre, by which I mean horror core with country twang. Mm. Lyrics can be a quite quite repetitive here. Uh, the shock value wears off pretty fast, at least for me. Uh, lackluster beats and dark depression-based lyrics. So if dark depression-based lyrics, horrorcore rap with a Southern twist is your thing, yeah, pick up some boondocks. So what you're saying is I'm still a sad bastard. You will forever be a sad bastard, Jane. I don't know why no one's broke the news to you already. The final album we covered was South of Hell from 2010. This was my bottom album. This was my middle album. But out of the 15 tracks, I gave five fives. I gave one five. My top track was Just Die. My top track was Toast to the Fam. Again, surprising. <laughs> I guess it shouldn't be. It's really? Kinda, I don't think it should. It's kind of bubbly, mm, bouncy. Kind of and goofy. Like, yeah. Cheers to the freaking week. Like some, yeah. It's, it's, it's pretty stupid. Yeah. Bottom, bottom track was intro again. <laughs> Same. This effort's more rock forward than the others, yet reminds me of that fun bro country style in spots and puts a heavy emphasis on promoting the notion of listeners being juggalos. In spite of the handful of winning tracks, The Harvest did more with less. And I suspect songs like Let's Be Honest stand <laughs> to outright turn some listeners off this artist completely. Yeah. One of those albums that's so close to great in ways, but too far in others. Uh. He's still not a singer, for those of you that wanted to know if he's gotten better. But he's trying like a motherfucker. He's trying like a motherfucker. A lot of the same as previous albums, but more rock sounding this time. Uh, Before we move on, a couple of similar sounding artists, in my opinion. Obviously, we have said ICP. But at times, especially during that South of Hell album, Bone Thugs, Twisted, obviously, who we've mentioned, and Early Kid Rock. I'm calling. I'm talking like ball with the ball and cowboy. Okay, and I would say Yellow Wolf fans might dig a lot of this. Just don't expect the same level of lyrical skill out of Boondocks. Yeah, there is only one Yellow Wolf. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I Boondocks, like I said, wasn't even on my radar to begin with. But some things that I did find out for those of you that don't know who Boondocks is, he is from Georgia. He is a part of the horrorcore Southern rap. His stage persona is a killer scarecrow. He listened to a lot of Metallica and Iron Maiden growing up and was a member of the Southern Hustlers Inc. before going solo as Turncoat Dirty. Mm-hmm. 
So there you go. I want to mention that Spotify has the wrong cover up for South of Hell for some reason. So they duplicated album covers. I was Get so your confused. shit together. Uh, music makes me feel like I'm hearing what music made by woodsy horror movie villains would sound like. I suspect it would be easy for many to dismiss Boondocks as a shock value artist, one that gets old in a heartbeat, but the true shock is how enjoyable his verses end up being. They draw me deep into tracks with poor hooks or weak instrumentals, and the wonderful thing is how often his hooks and instrumentals also land. This isn't one of the greatest artists ever, but he's a lot of dark fun for those who can appreciate country-tinged horrorcore. I wore my spooky shirt just for boondocks. <laughs> I don't know if is you that noticed what, that. Is that what it is? Your son noticed. He looked at me and he said, Raberin, I like your shirt. <laughs> I said, thank you, buddy. What's it say? Let's get smashed? Let's get smashed with a giant pumpkin on it. With a crooked eye. Because he's yeah, fucked up. Yeah, he's winking. All right, let's get to our break and share our list. <laughs> this week was songs to listen to in the woods which was my pick because i knew shane would appreciate it Mm -hmm. i dig it i'm sure you already have a list like this floating around out there with your love of camping and being in the woods cabin-esque i know you have you already had one so that's what came to mind immediately when you sent it to me Mm -hmm. Uh, just so you know the the song i went with was sullivan street by the counting crows I suspect most people would have taken this list in a different direction, but my aim here was to consider the ghosts and possible futures which would lead me to live a life of solitude in the woods. These are the tracks I'd lean on as a sad reminder of my connection to the life I once led, but also as reinforcement for being that lonely mountain man I would have become. Most of these naturally revolve around the potential loss of my wife or a child, but the story-based pick here isn't so obvious. It's late into my teens, I've lost a bunch of weight, I socialize lots when I'm out with my cousin, otherwise, I spend most of my time sitting in my room at the front of the trailer, listening to albums like the one this song comes from, smelling a polo sport, windows always open while it rains, enjoying the gray days, and existing in some sort of slow motion state of nothingness. One of my cousin's new friends is friends with my ex, that girl I hadn't actually met in person. I just talked to her on the phone a bunch. This leads us back into each other's orbits. Uh, We make plans to finally meet, but I get cold feet and use a trip to Tennessee as an excuse to break those plans. We don't speak again until the day she's diagnosed with likely terminal cancer more than 15 years later. She eventually dies, and I routinely find myself grappling with mortality in a way I never have before. I wake up remembering how terrified she used to be of some madman hiding in the trees behind her childhood home, always just out of view. I imagine somehow that the madman is an older me who's gone back in time in hopes of finding her and apologizing for always falling short, only I can't find the words even now. The problem is always the same. There will never be a solution, and I regret, in spite of all the beauty that exists in our separate worlds as a result of our not ending up together. So this song holds me hostage to a time and place and thing I can never take back. I feel I deserve the bitter reminder, but it's also something I cling desperately to. One of the few pieces still left of us in my memory, like we're forever told, almost doesn't count. Not to make light of what you just said, but do you ever think that she would have wanted you to be such a sad bastard? (laughs) 
I think that's why she liked me so much. Okay, well then cling to that with every fiber of your being, Shane. And I, I would like to clarify a few things. Uh, we do kind of lean into certain aspects of our personalities here on the show. Yeah. I'm really not a no, sad bastard, not. otherwise you wouldn't hang out with me he's as not, much you're as you al- do. You're also not a geriatric asshole. No. But, and and we, we don't actually fight as much as we no, seem to. I hate to, you know, break the third wall a little bit, <laughs> a fourth wall a little bit. But yeah, guys, we actually get along so much so that we willingly and even joyfully rent cabins together and spend time with one another. So Recording when we could be getting Yeah, plastered. everybody everybody upstairs in the hot tub. And <sighs> I mean, I'm drinking, but everybody's upstairs and they're partying and we're down here fucking working to provide you our insight into... <laughs> What's your pick? <laughs> our insight to the musical world. Uh, my pick for songs to listen to in the woods, because we're in the woods. Uh, Scarecrow in the Garden by Chris Stapleton. Shane... Does not like this song, but the reason why I chose it was, again, while my co-host may not be on the same page, getting to watch the sun come up after a long night of no sleep with nothing to keep you company but two dogs, the cold breeze of dawn, and seeing the warm sun poke out from beyond the trees of a crowded state park is truly something to behold. It definitely made the day of one hour of sleep Seem not so bad. And you call me a sad bastard. What were you doing with one hour of sleep in the woods? With me? If you listen back to past episodes, I talked about how we went camping and our mattress deflated and I was up ah, all night. You couldn't sleep. I get it. Couldn't sleep. And the dogs were not comfortable. They kept rummaging around. So instead of keeping everyone up in the tent, because we had Blue's nephews in there with us and Blue, I decided to leave and I thought, okay, I'll go out. I'll, Watch the sunrise. Oh, well, I'll <laughs> let the dogs run around, and I'm out there all night, and I'm just sitting on a on a concrete table in a state park. Everyone is sound asleep, and I'm watching the freaking sun come up, and all the literally all the bugs wake up, all the birds, and yeah, this song made it not so bad. You need to plan a little better for your trips. <laughs> I get well. You told me I got to get one of those mats. But yeah, yeah, I think we're just going to invest in a camper or something at some point. Well, let's go talk about Jelly Roll. I know everybody's been waiting on it. Let's get to it. (laughs) Jelly Roll, by the way. I mean, you don't forget the artist's name. No, you cannot. You have a real hard time taking it seriously at the outset. Yes, because I didn't until I... I'm oh, okay. not, well, not going to make any comments. Let's go. First album we covered was No Filter from 2013. This was my bottom album. This was also my bottom album. Out of these 17 tracks, I gave three fives. I gave zero fives. My top track was Freaky Girls. My top track was We're Back. And my bottom track was Blow My High. And my bottom track was Move Mountains. Apparently, this artist does lots of collab albums. This is one with Lil White, or Little White, as he likes to say, even. Whatever. It leans quite a bit more toward the crunk genre than I was expecting. Also reminds me of artists like Paul Wall. The beat work is stellar, and the underlying vocal twang is something I enjoy by default. I don't come close to hating any of this. I just wish it had a little more depth I could connect with. Apparently, Crunk and I, we just, we don't connect as well as I would hope. What about you, Rayburn? Take a 2000s country song and mix it with a 2000s rap song, and you've got this album. Repetitive, 
but a decent flow. I will give it that. It reminds me a lot of Tom McDonald with a Southern flair. Rap is a little lackluster when compared to today. Very Paul Wall-esque. And lyrics can be funny at times. Uh, Jelly Roll, especially on this album, he can not take himself a little too seriously. You had to get that Tom McDonald jab in. I did. I did. (laughs) It's fair. I will I will agree with that. It's fair. Uh, so the next two albums that we cover, they are solo albums. Mm-hmm. Uh, first up was A Beautiful Disaster from 2020. And if anyone out there is confused as to what I picked, I looked at ranking, like sales rank. And I went with his top three albums that I was seeing. At least I think that's what I did. Slept since then. Who knows? Anyway, yes. Quick question before we move on. Did you say whose pick this was? This was my aunt Sandra's. Okay one of her top 10 artists okay i just wanted to squeeze that in there because i could i thought it was sandra but i couldn't remember yeah continue drawn out of the jar at random by the way i don't think i would have chosen jelly roll versus boondocks off the top of my head you know if i had to go with her taste i'm definitely leaning more towards like air supply straight out the gate (laughs) we don't do that here shane everything (laughs) is automatic like draw well except for the lords of acid that's coming up (sighs) please don't remind me Second album we covered was A Beautiful Disaster from 2020. This was my top album. This was also my top album. Out of the 12 tracks, I gave 12 fives. I gave it five fives. My top track was Bottle and Mary Jane. My top track was Creature. And I don't want to sound pandering because I don't think this is a perfect album or anything. Like not technically perfect. I mean, perfect. you rated it. <laughs> yeah, I rated it listenably perfect. Okay. But I didn't have a bottom track. Okay. My bottom track was Tears Could Talk. Talk about an unexpected upset. Mm -hmm. The only complaint I have here is how plainly religious the disc can be. Otherwise, it's a solo effort that loses everything I previously took issue with and adds a lot of heart, singing, melodic brilliance, etc. I'd call this thing half rap, half southern pop. It sounds like something fully produced by Tech Nine's Strange Music label and shares comparisons to what you get from both Ritz and Yellow Wolf. It's legitimately wonderful. Yeah, this album can touch a bit on religion. He's expanded his sound and can sometimes sound like Post Malone meets Rag and Bone Man. Fair. Darker and even, you know, the lyrics touch on suicide, alcoholism, depression. And apparently I love that about him because jumping from no filter to a beautiful disaster my god i was blindsided i thought we were going to get three albums of what he contributed (laughs) to no filter a beautiful disaster chef's kiss i'd heard some jelly roll just from my days in idaho so i had a feeling that what we got from no filter wasn't going to be the norm and i'm happy about it Mm -hmm. the final album we covered was self-medicated from 2020 this was my middle pick This was also my metal pick. Out of the 18 tracks, I gave 15 fives. I gave one five. God damn, Shane, 15? 15. You have to remember that my fives are, they're hitting on a certain uh, set of of circumstances. I don't know why I get so surprised when you throw your numbers out. I need an enjoyable melody. I need decent lyrics. I need a chorus that goes somewhere. And most of those hit those, you know. Now, if we were actually looking at the 6 to 10, like the other side of the ratings that I imagine, but we don't do. Yeah. <laughs> it, it would be it'd be something else. And that's why you're seeing middle pick, even though technically there are more fives here for me than on the previous album. Yeah, yeah. My top track was Johnny and June. My top track was Save Me, but Johnny and June was another one of my fives. Really good, solid top pick. Bottom track for me was Better Off Alone. My bottom track was My Last Joint. 
And again, a reminder, apologize for the noise. We are <laughs> rolling deep in a cabin. We are. And surprisingly, no one has come down to the basement floor. Yeah. I'm expecting to see like kids come down here. Yeah, Not we, yet. We better get it together because I think they're out of the hot tub. <laughs> this feels somewhat like a continuation of the previous album, only it's truly sad bastard music, perhaps even too bleak on the whole for me to listen to for long. Imagine country versions of the darkest Post Malone tracks, and that's what you're in for. I rated this highly because it's packed with technical fives, but it's a depressing listen, where a lot of tracks bleed together, fully listenable, but hard to swallow. This is more rock rap, this go-around for me. It seems less sincere here. Uh, Beats seem recycled. I miss the suffering in his voice. And in a lot of ways, it seems like B-side material. Uh, just so you know, generally speaking, I love this guy's hook work, but also think certain aspects of the production have a tendency to feel plastic. So if that turns you off at the outset, you're going to get, you know, a, a, if you know what I mean by plasticity in an instrumental and you hate it, mm-hmm. you're probably not going to like this artist, even though he's a fucking hook genius. Mm-hmm couple of similar sounding artists that I want to mention. We talked about Paul Wall, Rag and Bone Man, Post Malone, and even Chameleonaire. Uh, I would love for him to collaborate with Post Malone. I really think that Post Malone could help him collect and channel his sound a, a little bit more right. because he's had such success. And I think a collaboration would be strong, especially because they're both from the South. Yeah. Uh, Jelly Roll's from Tennessee, and he's collaborated with, you know, Tech Nine, uh, amongst other people, but I think Tech Nine's probably the biggest name. And uh, even Struggle Jennings, which most people don't know, is the grandson of Waylon Jennings. Oh, which I know, but I listen to this sort of music pretty yeah. regularly. <laughs> yeah, most people don't know that, Shane. I will add, in spite of it being my bottom album, if you like 3-6 Mafia, like the newer type of 3-6 Mafia sound... I think you'll really like that No Filter album. Mm -hmm. Jelly Roll's music makes me feel like I'm addicted to feeling the floaty warmth of rock bottom. The floaty warmth. Floaty warmth. You take comfort in in being in rock bottom. sad bastard. Yeah. (laughs) Low as I can get. I think I'll genuinely grow to love this artist in small doses. The mutual power chord guitar sound on top of hip hop beats gets tired pretty fast. So does song after song about wanting to kick addiction, but clearly not being willing to. Jelly Roll was way better than I expected. So don't get it twisted, but it's been a long time since I heard music consistently sad enough to make me want to hear something happy. At the same time, that will ultimately make this artist a very memorable listen. I agree. Who won? Well, I mean, uh, actually, no, I don't know because you don't. It's got to be Jelly Roll, right? It's it's definitely Jelly Roll. That a beautiful disaster album put him over the top, hands down. Um, he just offered me something that Boondocks didn't. Uh, not to say that Boondocks wouldn't offer other people something. Uh, there was just more for me with Jelly Roll, and I I never thought I would say that string <laughs> of words. More, more for me with Jelly Roll. More for me with Jelly Roll. <laughs> So, what about you? Same. Yeah, uh, Boondocks had 21 fives, and I'm familiar with Boondocks. I've listened to Boondocks since the beginning. Mm-hmm. Obviously, I listened to that label. But, yeah, 21 fives from Boondocks and 30 from Jelly Roll. Mm. Jelly Roll kind of came swinging. Yeah. But very different experiences. Um, that middle album, A Beautiful Disaster, mm-hmm. I think I could listen to that a lot. I agree. I agree. I love when I get surprised. It, two artists that I have no idea 
Uh, I love when I get surprised because I just the takeaway from it. I'll be able to listen to an album on mm-hmm. on repeat if I if I want to. It's a you good feeling. Get through that first album. It's like oh god, oh god, I got two more of these to listen <laughs> to, and then it's just great. Yeah, yeah, I definitely expected a lot worse than what I was given. So thanks, guys. So just so we're clear, the next time we're back on, you have a guest coming on. I do, I do. First time guest. It is. My lovely brother, Logan, will be coming on, and he has picked Pantera, who you have pitted up against, Metallica. Yes, ma'am. So we're getting into some old metal. (laughs) I have to say, I was genuinely surprised by this pick from your brother. So was I. I thought for sure he would go rap when he was coming on. Who who specifically did you think he was going to pick? I think NWA has always been a big sticking I th- point. I thought either NWA or Tupac okay. because, you know, he went through that phase. Mm-hmm. But Pantera, the dude looks like Dimebag Daryl. He's grown his hair out, got an $80 perm. We really need to talk about his expenses. <laughs> <laughs> I think we might. <laughs> So either either Pantera, NWA, Tupac, or even he's recently gotten very, very involved with Hank Williams Jr. Oh, okay. So much so that he likes to call himself Dank Williams. So I'm learning. Dank Williams. More than I wanted to know here, Logan. Is going to be on the next episode, and I definitely look forward to the conversation. The albums we'll be covering by Pantera are Cowboys from Hell from 1990, Vulgar Display of Power from 92, and Far Beyond Driven from 94. And as far as Metallica goes, uh, please don't come at me. I there's, I there's, did not pick these albums. It was extremely hard to know what to pick. So I leaned on some things that I had familiarity with. I went with Ride the Lightning from 84, mm-hmm. the self-titled The Black Album Metallica from 91, and Reload from 97. So if you are at home, feel free to listen ahead so you can judge the shit out of us when we come back to talk about Pantera and Metallica. I'd ask you if you wanted to add anything, but you kind of just told on your brother completely before we even got into it. Well, not completely. Told on him how? We got some stories. Oh, yeah. No, there are tons more stories coming your way. So tune in. Tune into the next episode. You're not going to want to miss it because my brother is a character. I think he's a lot like my dad, and if you love the shit that my dad brings to the table, yeah, imagine my father about 30 years younger. You're going to get that with this one. That's going to do it for this week. Hit up our playlist on Spotify, visit our merch shop, share our show with your friends. Come find us on social media to let us know what you think, and until next time, fill your world with music. And remember, if you're a sad bastard, you're in great company. Thank you.